What's up, NBA fans? It's It's been a while, but this NBA Second Stringers podcast is back. We took a month and a half off. It was summertime. Um, my co-host, Shawnee D here, is getting married soon. We were up in Tahoe celebrating uh, his his soon-to-be uh, marriage in, in batch, true bachelor party format up in the mountains, um, talking sports, talking basketball, and... Uh, we're only a few weeks from the NBA. We're no, not a few weeks. We're a month, month and a half away from the start of the NBA season. Not long from now, so why not kickstart MBD, NBA, our NBA team previews? And this episode, we're starting with the Atlantic Division, breaking down the Donovan Mitchell trade, the Lakers trade, a um, few injuries here and there. But so far, uh, kind of a bit slow on the news end, except for these few big trades. But Sean, how do you feel so far about the summer? Are you excited to, to start talking basketball again? How are you How are you doing over there? I'm doing great. And yeah, just like you said, straight in the middle of wedding planning, man. It's super hectic. There's just, it, you know, getting towards it, towards the end of it. And there's so much stuff to think about. You'll know soon enough. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. so it's good to unwind and talk a little basketball, talk a little sports with you. And, and it's cool. We have like actually have big news to talk about with this Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell trade that just happened last week. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about that. There's there's a lot of pieces to this and it's it's going to shake up everything. It's going to shake up the whole Eastern Conference. Yeah. So no trivia question this this episode. So let's just dive right into it. Donovan Mitchell is traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Utah Jazz have officially blown up that roster. I mean, that's they're on their way to being one of the worst teams in the league next year. Uh, and this is still to be determined what they're going to do with Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Jordan Clarkson. I've got to assume two, two, at least two of the three of those guys are still going to get moved, but. Donovan Mitchell is now a Cleveland Cavalier. The Knicks were the big team that was rumored, but they either the deal fell through, either they decided not to include RJ Barrett, or maybe Utah just felt like the Cavaliers three unprotected picks as long alongside Colin Sexton was just a better package than anything the Knicks offered. But the breakdown here is Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, Ochua Abaji, and three (laughs) unprotected first rounders in 2025, 27, and 29, as well as two first round swaps, 26 and 28, all going to Utah in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, essentially here, it's it's like the entire what's left of this decade. The <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers have leverage to get Donovan Mitchell. Um, Colin Sexton also being part of this deal gets his four-year $72 million deal with the Utah Jazz. So he finally gets the extension that, he, that his team was looking for. So good news on that side for him. Yeah. But Sean, what is, what's your reaction to this, to this huge upheaval that the Cleveland Cavaliers did in terms of from a, from a draft pick perspective, but from a roster player perspective, maybe they trade away one of their, their diamond pieces in Colin Sexton, yeah. but they, they possibly get a bigger one back here with Donovan Mitchell. Oh, definitely a bigger piece. I mean, for what for whatever Colin Sexton can be worth, Donovan Mitchell already is that in my mind. Mm-hmm. So you're trading a sure thing for what you know could eventually develop into that. And it, it accelerates their timeline for sure. Um, I think it's just crazy that we didn't see this coming at all. Right. Because, I mean, we're talking about the Knicks the whole time. Like it was only the Knicks that were in the Donovan Mitchell trade scenarios. I didn't even know that the Cavs were in the running. And then 
out of nowhere, they seems like, yeah, they just stopped talking with the Knicks. And then the next day, the Cavs just get this deal done. And it's something that I'm kind of disappointed I didn't think about before because it does make sense. Because right. I mean, they, they were searching for a two uh, last year. I mean, what Colin Sexton got hurt. Uh, you put in Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio gets hurt. You put in Karis LeVert. And they just couldn't ever figure out like a good guy to pair with Darius Garland, who clearly seems like his trajectory is much higher than Colin Sexton's at this point. So you're like, okay, we need someone to pair with Garland. It, we already see Mobley improving. Jared Allen was an all-star last year. Like the whole timeline was accelerated. So to put themselves in a win now position and making this trade, I think made a lot more sense than we actually ever initially saw. Um, so now you get a huge core four there and for the jazz. Yep. Full rebuild. <laughs> We're going for web and Yama. Yeah. I mean, essentially I, I mean, Laurie Markinen is, is a good piece, but I don't think he's there long-term Colin Sexton is just essentially the one you're keeping for a while, but him alongside with the scraps that are left on that Utah roster, that's, that's going to be one of the worst teams Oh, in the league sure. and but i mean colin sexton for sure i think is still a winner he gets his money and he gets to be on a team where he get he can do essentially whatever he wants for the next few years oh man he's gonna put up uh, some big numbers because i mean oh, yeah. you gotta think like utah's gonna get rid of conley now probably gonna try to get rid of clarkson and bogdanovich too Colin Sexton is going to be the only one that's able to make a shot on this team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the Cavaliers on the other side, this is a heck of a, of a starting lineup here you, with Mobley, Mitchell, Allen, Okoro, and Darius Garland. And just to know all of these guys are locked in until 2024 with their current deals. Um, so the Cavaliers have them for a while and they still have Kevin Love and Carice LeVert on one year deals for this for this season, which I think if Carice LeVert comes out of the gates, pretty playing pretty solid. I think that's a very tradable contract. Mm. Maybe you pair it up with Love. Love scene looks a little bit good. So maybe you can trade either one of these two guys for another long term guy out there. I don't know really who in mind I have, but it's, it is it does give the Cavaliers still options. And then in terms of what Donovan Mitchell brings to this team, obviously we know he's the offensive the offensive powers that he brings to uh, 26 points per game, uh, almost 50% shooting, can create his own shot, excellent ball handler. I mean, this is a team, this is a Cavaliers team that was fourth in defensive rating last year off the backs of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, but 20th in offensive rating. You bring in Donovan Mitchell, that instantly improves that. There are 22nd in turnovers. You had another second excellent ball handler next to Darius Garland. You got to think that number goes down. 29th in field goal attempts. Psh, yeah, with Donovan Mitchell <laughs> oh, on the yeah. roster, you're going to get a lot more field goal attempts. You're, I'm sure the pace is going to increase. Uh, you got a triple double team here and, and two excellent ball handlers in Garland and Mitchell. Uh, I don't know. I This is such a huge positive, and uh, I'm really pumped that it was the Cavaliers that made this trade. I, I'd, I'd love to see a team that is going to instantly climb the ladder in terms of ranking heading into the season. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because you're pairing Mitchell and Garland who are like undersized guards with mm -hmm. defense first front court players with Okoro, Mobley and, and um, Jared Allen. And so in theory that works because if they get cooked on the wings, which they definitely will, 
you have the defensive front line to kind of back them up. So right. I think their defensive rating will take a little bit of a hit because, you know, Donovan Mitchell's never been a great defender, but that offensive rating is going to be top 10, I think, between Garland and Mitchell alone. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Do I think that this puts them in serious title contention? I think that's a difficult question. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. you think. Do you think it does? Well, this is the way I see it. Like defensive rating, maybe they do drop to like six. Um, and offensive rating, I think they make a huge jump into at least top 10 territory. So a team that's usually got both of those sides of the ball ranked within the top 10, I think they're headed to the second round for sure. Are they headed to the conference finals? I don't think so. Okay. I think they need to get a little lucky. But I think they definitely are a second rounder. I think they, they have a chance at finishing fourth in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if things get, maybe they get, get fourth in the East, a couple injuries go their way, they get really hot in the playoffs. Maybe they, they are like an X, a little X, you know, they do make it to the conference finals and we're talking about, oh, we didn't see that coming. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think I think second rounder, I think, seems like the safer, more confident pick for for this team. Yeah, it's just it's hard because it's like you make this level of a trade. You don't do it to get to the second round, right? Like no. you expect that Donovan Mitchell is going to be the piece you need to win a championship. I do also think, though, this team is is young enough and the contracts have been built well enough too, where 2024 might be the year where we see this team take a big leap and they're actually in contention. Once a team like the Nets is probably not there anymore with an aging Kevin Durant yeah. <laughs> and Kyrie Irving, uh, possibly maybe the 76ers are yeah. a little bit weaker by that point. Uh, I mean, I, th- I still think Boston Celtics are Celtic there. Bucks are still there probably too. Bucks are still there. So they could make their way into top three territory by, by that year. You mm-hmm. get, you get a more mature Darius Garland by then Evan Mobley and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, there's, there's people that are really high on Evan Mobley and I think he oh, had sure. a great year, mm-hmm. but like I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast oh, well, and Bill uh, Simmons <laughs> seems to think Evan Mobley is the next coming is the next Tim Duncan, uh, which is like super hyperbole. <laughs> but even if you, but even if it's like, they're only like one, one, you know, even like if 60% of that is true, like that's still a really good yeah. player. That's a really good trajectory well, yeah, and I for think that that's guy. Like if you're 60% of Tim Duncan, yeah, you are a really good player. And Bill Simmons just says that stuff because he gets paid to do it. But yeah. that, that is the a interesting point in the fact that like if this team's actually going to contend for a title in the next two, three years, it can't be Donovan Mitchell as your primary mm. option. Darius Garland's going to have to step up and be the one B option. You know, like it has to be, they have to be on the same level. He has to be as good as Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley has to be an all NBA player. If you can get that big three, then you're talking about title contender and it's very possible. I mean, Evan Mobley's 21, Darius Garland's 22. So these guys can definitely improve quite a bit over the next few years. But that's what it's gonna take, because right yeah, now they gotta, right now they're a second round team. Yeah, and I gotta think the Cleveland Cavalier front office ultimately made this move as a result of feeling really good about Evan Mobley's tra- trajectory yeah. and Darius Garland's. Because if you don't feel that good, then yeah, then essentially you're leveraging 
your entire decade of picks just to get a current star. Mm-hmm. But by 20, but you know, but, but we'll never take you any further than the first or second round. Right. Uh, but <laughs> when you have a guy like Evan Mobley and Darius Garland, the guy you're searching for with all these picks yeah. and you, and you, and you feel that then, then I think it's worth it. Uh, and and if your bet is good, then some of these picks are probably going to be really late. So mm-hmm. it probably doesn't. Re- it's probably not going to really hurt that much f- yeah. for you as a franchise. I think what the Cavs have been able to do over the last two years, last three years, even I'll say, is actually a huge testament. And and this is something I haven't always been a fan of doing, but you have to draft the best player available, right? Mm-hmm. Because back three years ago, they drafted Colin Sexton. And you're like, okay, here's your new point guard. And then the next year, they draft Darius Garland. And you're like, why the hell did they do that? They already had a point guard. They don't need another point guard. It's because they banked on Darius Garland being better than Colin Sexton. And now they mm-hmm. traded Colin Sexton for a piece they actually needed. So yeah. it actually does work out if you draft the best player available. Yeah, they kind of did. They did what the the opposite of what the Sacramento Kings did with Tyrese and Fox, where they traded, where they drafted two excellent point guards, except they traded one for very bad return. Yep. Whereas in the Cavaliers' case, they traded their other yeah, second or if best they point the guard wrong one. for an actual star. Yeah, yeah. like they should have kept Halliburton and traded Fox. That's like if the Cavs gave away Garland for Mitchell. And then you'd be like, yeah. whoa, like that's very questionable. Like mm-hmm. Darius Garland could be better than Donovan Mitchell at some point. Yeah. Or better than Darren, Darren Fox. Better than Darren Fox. Yeah. Darren Fox. <laughs> a lot, a lot of Kings, Kings fans just catching strays left and right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this though. Like it still just surprises me that we don't see the Kings in these really just come out of left field. That's trades. just not what they do, man. I mean, well, it's well just, the Pacers one was kind of out of left field. This a bonus trade? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we hated but, it, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I just like surprised that a team that's been so awful is getting beat by these other small markets making crazy trades. Like, yeah, Cavaliers here or like OKC trading for Paul George all those years, those few, mm-hmm. those years ago. That just felt like it came out of nowhere. Right. Um, what a, I don't know. There's 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 been a few few instances of, uh, but I think that's just like the way way to do it. Yeah, sometimes I mean, look at Minnesota uh, getting Rudy Gobert. Right, you, know? you just have to go for you it. Go like for if it. you you can collect these basket of assets, but just always continue to just fall yeah. into mediocrity for whatever reason. You just got to make the swing because you're not. It's so hard to draft these big stars, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get them in free agency. Yeah. So. You can just get them in a trade. Why not? Well, that's the thing. The Kings would probably tell you, "Oh, Sabonis was our big swing." <laughs> I mean, Sabonis is an excellent player. I like it. But if Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant are available, yeah, offer the whole bag and just mm-hmm. go get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you had the coveted piece, right? Like if you're willing to give up Tyrese Halliburton, so many teams would have wanted that. And it's like, yeah, oh yeah. In hindsight, it's like, would the Nets have considered an offer from the Kings if Tyrese Halliburton was on the table? probably right like you give mm-hmm. them like tyrese halliburton harrison barnes and like buddy healed whatever you know with like all the draft picks you could have kevin durant on your team yeah i mean i even like Her- tyrese halliburton i mean i'm sure utah jazz wouldn't have minded halliburton oh yeah they would have left halliburton yeah yeah okay 
Moving on from there, let's let's talk about another trade. Lakers trip finally <laughs> letting go of THT oh, no. and sending him with Stanley Johnson in a package deal for Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly getting moved for the second time this offseason. Man. Um, what a move of desperation. <laughs> and wow, I can't believe this move. So you love it this is, move, right? <laughs> it's absurd. Patrick Beverly, 34 years old, <laughs> quote unquote defensive specialist. I mean, I'll give him his props. He's pretty good at defense, but yeah. he's no Rudy Gobert. He's no Draymond Green. He he's good for who he is in his individual play, but he's not a guy who's going to, you know, make your def- team defensive rating jump up a few spots. He's just he's six three and he's a small feisty point guard. Which you not to say you don't want that on your team. You want that, but that's uh, just such a such a not a very consequential <laughs> move basketball wise, and it just feels like there could there should have been something better out there. But not for THT I think maybe and Stanley Johnson, your only assets. I think yeah, and that's the thing is like I feel like the Lakers just held on way too long to THT. <laughs> we should have traded. We shouldn't have given him that contract, and we should have traded him last season for Kyle Lowry Lowry, exactly (laughs) uh anyways Lakers backcourt defense sucked last year really bad 21st in defensive rating you bring in Patrick Beverly so I understand the the slight reasoning for it I just don't think it's really going to help that much um really I guess (laughs) you saw his quote he had right (laughs) when when what was the quote on uh, how he feels playing with LeBron and AD and he said, and he said, they're playing with me. I'm the one who made the playoffs last year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are what helped get that team into the playoff. Patrick Beverly had a piece. The piece was small. And I'm sure you could have swapped in any other player and they still would have done it because of Anthony Edwards oh, and Cat. Um, so I think the more fun question here is can he exist in a backcourt with Russ? Are him and Russ? Is that drama actually real? I don't know. Probably hmm. not, but it's fun to speculate, I guess. I, I don't think it's real, but I do think that they're both very fierce competitors. And that will lead to drama. And that will lead to people yelling at each other, for sure. Yeah. But I think that and they can my, exist. Yeah. And here's my problem with quote-unquote fierce competitors <laughs> is that when they get old and their athleticism and tangible mm. skills start dropping, they're still fierce competitors without realizing that they themselves are not very good players <laughs> anymore. But they want yeah. to continue to believe that they are impactful players and that their way of doing things is the right way of doing it because it worked for them. Mm-hmm. But not it doesn't work for you that much anymore when you're 34 or 35. <laughs> so... I could just, I see this kind of blowing up at certain points in the year. I feel bad for Devin Ham. Um, maybe it maybe does work out. Maybe him. I'm being maybe a pessimist. Maybe he had a say in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like he is his type of guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a but defensive I, guy. Yeah, but Russ is not a defensive player. At, at, for all his athleticism, he has never been a defensive specialist, which is kind of, which is kind of odd because I feel like he would, he could, he could have been for a few years one of the best backcourt defenders in the NBA. Um, but he's not, and he's yeah. not going to be next year. Patrick Beverly's on the downhill. So <laughs> All right, well, uh, it, let me, let me pose it this way for you. Maybe this helps a lot. What's the last 
NBA team that has won a title that didn't have a dog on their team. <sighs> That's true. I don't know. And then as a, as a follow up to that, I mean, it's been a while. So like, I'll, I'll just list off the last two just for, for time's sake. You had the, the Bucks had PJ Tucker two years ago and the Warriors have Draymond Green. And then so like I was going to say, yeah, like what available I, I, dogs were are out there now? There were there was a little small bald white guy that was a pretty pretty decent dog that was on this Laker team. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. There that's the root of my issue with yeah. Patrick Beverly okay. is that he is no Alex Caruso. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that's that's what you're trying to to get out here. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you're right. Is but I, I just I just have some doubts that that 34 years old Patrick Beverly is is that yeah. and um we'll see how it goes i yeah. mean at the end of the day it's, it's not a very consequential trade yeah, well, but those are my thoughts sure i mean i i agree with you like obviously i would rather have caruso also but yeah this is this is the band-aid fix to uh trying to rectify the mistake <laughs> um i guess as a follow-up do you think tht's got any shot of doing anything with utah <laughs> I mean, again, I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> if Jordan Clarkson is still on that roster, then it limit it'll limit his opportunities. But if Jordan Clarkson ends up getting moved and it's Colin Sexton, THT, and whatever other bundle of guards they get from waivers or trades, uh, I think THT hopefully has a chance to revitalize his career. Uh, or like not revitalize his career, but at least have an impact. I think he really struggled last year on the Lakers and it's no surprise. He's, he's just a very one dimensional scorer yeah. who has a terrible jump shot. So <laughs> yeah, not a lot it's of tough to hang for, in the league. Yeah. The Lakers big bet there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, move it off of the Lakers. Chet Holmgren suffers his, uh, suffers an injury and will miss the entire season. Um, not very surprised here. I think these, these big men coming in, um, these top big men coming into the league as rookies, I just feel like they always have a hard time staying healthy. It's only a gut feeling now. And at some point I'm going to just do a huge data pool <laughs> and see games, average games played by yeah. big men chosen in the, in the top 20 mm -hmm. to figure if this is actually true or it's just a stupid gut feeling that I have. Yeah. But it sucks. But uh, at the same time, I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, this we we talked about this before. It's like this has always been the concern is that this guy is so skinny for his height. And mm -hmm. yeah, when I was looking up the Liz Frank injury, it looks like it's like a tendon that like connects your big toe with like the rest of your foot. And when he planted weird trying to guard LeBron in this uh, pro am tournament game, um, he just overextended it and. The severity could range anywhere from like six weeks to a year. So I'm guessing this one was like pretty severe. Or this is just like a big conspiracy theory. And OKC is just like using this as an excuse to hold them out so they can get another lottery pick next year, which mm -hmm. I really wouldn't put past them. Um, but it sucks, man. It sucks for NBA fans. Like OKC might have actually finally looked like a decent team this year with Chet Holmgren. And now we're robbed of that for a year. But yeah, going back to your point, I mean, that doesn't mean his career is over. There's been a lot of big men that yeah. have been hurt, that have been top five picks. I mean, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Blake Griffin, just to name a few. 
like all these guys missed their whole first years and then they've gone on to have very successful careers so it's not the end for our boy here yeah exactly yeah i don't think it's like a sign of like chronic injuries it's just the first year i feel like those first year rookie blues are just what hit you i mean you're guarding big guys now grown-ass men yeah, so dude's got to bulk up Thanks. man use this use yeah. this year to put on like 30 pounds at least to start with it's like yeah like Embiid, simmons and griffin they're they're all physical specimens in their own right so you gotta put on that bulk to stay healthy yeah and uh i guess this is good news for darius Baisley. he gets another chance to <laughs> keep his oh nba job I, I thought he was gonna i'm surprised i thought the okc was gonna end up trading him this offseason i mean he's what's um, he worth <laughs> i mean another maybe second round pick or something <laughs> yeah <dark laughs> somebody throw. would be willing so i mean he's still on a rookie deal for this year so some i feel like somebody would have taken a experiment on yeah. him but so why well, we'll see the, on Polsholski too. Polsholski still good. I think everyone's really excited about now is actually OKC's other first round draft pick, Jalen Williams, out of Santa Clara. Mm. Everyone's really hyped on that guy. Ooh, I like so, it. And he'll get, There's a lot he'll of get playing here. time now with Chet out for sure. Yeah. So is the Polsholski hype over now? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that ever left the station. <laughs> <laughs> I was never hyped I mean, about Poku, man. I, I, yeah, I didn't see it. There's a glimmer of hope now. If if Chad is out, that you know that that position may still be up for grabs, <laughs> Tall, at least rotationally. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with lots of promise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'd, I'll put my stock in Jalen Williams and and Josh Giddy personally, <laughs> um, and Shea obviously too. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think we're gonna see a big Poku boost here. <laughs> okay uh delino gallinari tears his acl oh. and will miss this season big deal or forgetful what yeah. do you think here <laughs> i mean i guess forgetful he would have been a good piece for the celtics bench though like mm -hmm. they don't have a very deep bench like we saw grant williams show some flashes for them last year but like they could have used a, like an actual scoring like big wing guy um, because they did, ha they had no firepower off the bench whatsoever last year, um, except for like maybe Derek White at times. Um, so Gallinari would have been pretty great. Um, so I mean, nothing lost, you know, because they didn't have him last year. But it sucks, man. You know. Yeah, I guess this is way more more uh, consequential for the Italian basketball team oh, who yeah. were in the middle of playing their World Cup qualifying matches. And I don't have Gallinari to help, yeah. help guide them Speaking through it. Speaking of which, Luca and Giannis are just torching fools in that. <laughs> it's so unfair. I think Luca just set oh, yeah. the second highest ever um, point total, 47 points, uh, second highest ever in EuroLeague history in that tournament. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he is coming in a lot better shape than he did last year. Yeah, I, I give him respect. I give him respect, Jokic, Giannis, and Go and Luca for going out there yeah. and and playing these these World Cup qualifiers to get their teams in there. Yeah, I think a lot of the European players actually are like. I think they take a lot of pride in the country that they came from. Like, I know Gobert is playing for the French team. Like, you even got Goran Dragic out there. Like these mm -hmm. these guys, they they go over and represent for sure. 
Yeah, because in the U.S., I think for these qualifiers, we usually have like G League players. Yep. <laughs> um, maybe second string G Leaguers, right. not very. Yeah, not the, not very not uh, the cream of the crop. <laughs> no. Um. Cool. So let let's jump in then. Atlantic Division preview for the 2022-2023 NBA season. It's pretty wild. We've been doing these previews now for more than a handful of years now. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we got to start with the Celtics. This one's funny because I'm getting very deja vu from when we did this last year. And I made the bold prediction that the Boston Celtics would only win i think 35 <laughs> games i thought i for sure had them going under 500 i thought at some point they would impugn and end up trading a few guys or dudes would get injured and they would just call it wave the white flag on their year and, and get themselves a get to themselves in a position where they maybe get a late lottery pick and what did i and what happened they ended up <laughs> going all the way to the nba finals with yeah. the exact same core roster of guys that they had go, going into the year so yeah. Uh, way to show me a Boston hey, Celtics. To be fair, your your prediction looked pretty good in the first half of the season. Yeah, but then that, they, that's the crazy they, thing. They just lit it up. <laughs> they turned a switch on, and everyone just went for it. Um, but yeah, very mm -hmm. impressive season. Obviously, the Celtics are coming off of just missing that NBA title, and that was that was quite a surprise to a lot of us. And you know, we saw we saw some pretty good leaps from Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And, and hell, Al Horford resurged and had a great year. Mm -hmm. and, and Robert Williams looked like a defensive player of the year candidate. So the whole starting lineup looked great. But the bench was always the concern. Like they had Derek White and nothing else that you could really rely on. So what did they do? They somehow go and get Malcolm Brogdon for pennies. You know, like freaking what? Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith and like a bunch of crap. And they only <laughs> give up like one draft pick. And Malcolm Brogdon has always been a player that I think has been underappreciated and undervalued in the league. And for him to come on and be that new sixth man for this Celtics team, that is a huge come up for them. This guy can do it all. He can he can score. He can facilitate. He's a good defender. He's got great size for his position. I think Brogdon can make all the difference for this team, you know, barring any other changes, any other uh you know injuries or whatever i think i think he fills that need for them for sure yeah i i love the addition of brockton it's it's kind of surprising that the celtics were able to get him for that price i i can't believe no other team would offer a better package at yeah. least just like you know another draft pick or mm -hmm. I, I don't know like the new york knicks draft picks got to be worth more than the celtics <laughs> draft pick like yeah. why would they not just go get brogdon instead of throwing all that money at brunson i right. don't know but i like i think brogdon is a better player than jalen brunson i'm just gonna say it like i i don't think brunson brings as much as brogdon does on both sides of the floor yeah on a better contract too um mm -hmm. i i like brogdon so i i like this move um uh, everything the Celtics have there they're keeping they decided to not jump into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes so uh, I, I'm impressed with this team who do, who do they lose they lose Daniel Tice Aaron Neesmith Joan Morgan and Nick Stauskas <laughs> yeah, do any of those uh, names mean anything they're gonna really feel the hurt uh, for any of those guys I, I will never forget the name of Nick Stauskas I'll give that guy that <laughs> yeah, he had that go. incredible game to start the year for the Trailblazers <laughs> three years ago oh my and gosh 
has hung on to the league ever since. Like, yeah. I'm surprised he's made it this long. And this is this is wild. Man. Um, drafted JD Dave Davidson. Davidson resigned. Nobody projected lineup still pretty much the same core. Yep. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Robert Williams. Um, this is this is a heck of a core here. I guess there's still going to be questions around whether Al Horford can actually play in the exact same manner that he played last year, but. Even if he falls off slightly, you would think Robert Williams is there to take on some of the some of the bulk there. Maybe yeah. I'll, you just need Al Horford to be a good, a solid three point shooter for you mm-hmm. um, coming off the bench. Uh, the X factor here: Jason Tatum establishing himself as a top five player. Sean, I know you've had a lot of question marks on whether Jason Tatum is truly uh, a first All NBA guy, yeah. and he had a hell of a year last year. And uh, and now can he take that next step forward and I guess be like a true superstar? Right. Top five territory is huge. Yeah, because I mean that that's the last. Pe- I mean Malcolm Brogdon does he get you those last two wins you needed against the Warriors in the championship? It's hard to say, but that combined with Jason Tatum, you know, being that dude, being the best player on the floor potentially, or at least matching Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry's getting a year older, but so are you. But it's actually a good thing for you, Tatum, because you're still young. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've been wanting him to be that top five player and be the guy that you're like afraid to play against on a night in, night out basis. And I just don't feel like he's quite there yet. He's shown flashes of it for sure, but just not consistently. So I don't know if you, if you go through the top five players right now, it's, it's got to be like what, like Luka, Giannis, Jokic. And I'd and bead and I'd put I'd still put LeBron in there hell or Steph you know I I'd put mm-hmm. them still over Tatum's got to make another step up and he's got to match Luca as far as it, you know growing as a as an all around player for them to win the championship because they have all the other pieces there they have all all the supporting cast a top five player in the league would need to win a title. Yeah, I mean the reality is some people hate this about the NBA, but. You need a top five player to win. Nobody wins the NBA championship <laughs> without having a top five player on yeah. on the roster. Or at least arguably top five, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Steph Curry was, I guess, arguably a top Definitely. five. But once I think once we got to the conference finals, it became pretty clear <laughs> that he, he was back yeah. to playing like 2000, you know, 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. 18 Steph Curry, where he could just light it up and he was the top five player in the league. So yeah that's that is the missing ingredient there i think when it comes down to it jason tatum in that series against the Warriors, he had some good games but then he had some blunders game one 12 points mm-hmm. uh that last game to to close out the series game six 13 points uh, i mean you you need to be you need to be really taking control here and, oh, and yeah. giving us steph curry Giannis level performances if you're gonna win the title a hundred percent so yeah i was just thinking back to that like what what championship team hasn't had a top five player i'm trying to remember it's gotta be like the dallas mavericks with dirk nowitzki like that's gotta be the last one every other every other team's had a top five player look at the raptors the raptors were knocking at the door yeah yeah, my point exactly exactly no they were knocking at the door and it wasn't until they swung (laughs) and traded you know one of Demar, yeah. who was probably top 15, top 20 every year. Mm-hmm. But you take that next step with the top five player with Kawhi. Yeah. And that's that's what you needed to finally close the deal there. Yep, exactly. So 
Come on, Jason Tatum. I, I'm rooting for you. Hey, I, if if I have the fifth pick in our in our fantasy draft this year, I'll I'll pick Jason Tatum. I'll 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 make that bet on him. I'll, I'll ride the wow. wave. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be that controversial, but it. Yeah, you you'd be choosing him over some other. I would. Yeah. Big hitters. Yeah, that would be a very controversial pick. Um, and maybe for me, maybe it would ruin my whole fantasy season, you know, not selecting like Anthony Towns instead. Right. Yeah. Um, Towns or like a Kawhi. Yeah. Well, Kawhi, yes, has some question marks. Right. But yeah, I, I, he's got to do it, man. Like his time is now like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, for, for the Celtics, I think, yeah, the final line here is just, can they prove their season wasn't a fluke last year and that they truly are legit. I mean, this is something that the Suns had to prove last year or two years ago when it's like, was their season a fluke when they, when they did really well and made it all the way to the finals with the bucks. And it turns out, yeah, no, they were legit. And they ended up with the best record in the league last year, despite, you know, fizzling out in the playoffs. Um, so the Mm -hmm. Celtics are going to have to do something similar and uh, prove that they belong there at the top. Yeah, I, th- I think they do. I mean, the Nets, I think, are a question mark. The 76ers, I think, are there with them. Um, Miami, I, I, I still like 76ers and Celtics better than Miami. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the moves they've made. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's Celtics and 76ers at the top. That's the top mm-hmm. two teams in the East. And I just realized like, this is a really loaded division it is yeah oh outside the knicks yeah (laughs) yeah and years past this this has not been a historically great division but the the teams now here are 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 powerhouses so uh let's go to the nets additions is royce o'neal tj warren departures is bruce brown javon carter uh obviously we know that like james harden was traded midway last year and they traded all those other pieces for james harden so I feel like the departure section heading into this offseason doesn't quite really paint the picture of what team is heading into this right. year. Uh, I mean, it's it's drafted. Nobody resigned. Let's see here what, who you know. You noted Kevin Durant's mentality. Nick Claxton, Patty Mills, Kessler, Edwards. This is, it's, I mean, it's a hell of a job. This, what Joe, I don't know who, who to credit there, but getting back Durant, Durant onto your side is huge because it seemed like he, he really just wanted to be gone here and, Joe Tesai also tweet, making that call, make call making that call to tweet what he tweeted right. saying that he he's behind his front office. Yeah, it was pretty glaring of like how bad that the rumors around how bad the friction was was were real. Yeah, it's pretty glaring, but I also think it was pretty dumb personally. <laughs> like this was your chance to just get rid of Steve Nash, which you desperately need to do because the guy's proven he clearly cannot coach, especially if you bring him in from having no coaching experience to coming and having to coach Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons or at the time Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Like that's impossible for a new coach to come. I don't care like what their NBA pedigree was. He had no experience. He had no right coaching these superstars. I don't know how he's going to deal with Ben Simmons now, honestly, like Steve Nash is so underqualified for this job. Like, it's going to be the one thing that prevents them from having a chance at a championship. Like, I don't care like what their personnel looks like. Their personnel looks really good, right? I mean, you're looking at a starting lineup of Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, and then you got Nick Claxton at the center, which is pretty terrible. But those four are so solid, probably as solid as any other team in the league. But nobody has faith in them because we don't have faith in Steve Nash to coach them. 
and we don't have faith in Kyrie Irving or Ben Simmons to really play basketball. So, yeah, I just I I don't really see it working out for this team still. Yeah, I mean it. It's rough. Like you come in as a new owner, Joe Tsai does, and just kind of revamps this whole franchise and and looks like he made all the right moves and getting the right players. And I think he just sort of fell victim to what these players wanted and signs Nash. And, and now he's realizing he spent all this money and it could easily just kind of all fall apart. And I don't think he's willing to do that or be willing to kind of maybe admit the mistake that signing, giving Steve Nash all this money Mm -hmm. was a mistake. So I think he's just trying to, he's going to just ride the wave of this is what he has this is what he's committed to, and this is what's going to have to get it done, at least in the short term. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a tough situation <laughs> for this guy. Yeah, I kind of feel bad, but then I don't because he's also like a billionaire. Yeah, no, so. you should not feel bad for him. <laughs> I feel bad for yeah. Steve Nash. This guy's just going to have a miserable time, you know, another miserable year, unless somehow, and this is the X factor, it, it can Ben Simmons play basketball? Can he get on the court? Didn't he have mm-hmm. another back treatment or back surgery this offseason? And we still don't really fully understand what the deal is. Maybe we never see this guy play another NBA game his entire life. That's like where I'm leaning towards that more than him playing a majority of the season. Yeah. What what a steal from the 76ers are like. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy the, the way this deal went down. Um I don't know. I still have faith in Ben Ben Simmons can, that he can get back to the court, but will he ever? Will he get back to the court and be a top thirty player in the league or top twenty player in this league? I don't know. I think that's a serious question at this point. Like, is he just going to be out there and be like a defensive specialist, pretty much, Basically. and not really contribute anything else? Yeah, which is just sad um, to think. But if if, if he is that, then. I think you're really going to need Kyrie Irving and Durant to just have um, crazy career years yet again. And even then, it might only be enough to get you into the second round. Right. I mean, that's the thing. If Ben Simmons can actually like just play basketball, like he doesn't need to shoot a lot. You have Kyrie and Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. on your team, you know, like you had you had Joel Embiid before on the Sixers. But like this is a totally different story. Like you have two guys who can just run around, get to the spots instead of just like passing it to Embiid in the post or whatever. So mm-hmm. it, in theory, it should work really well, but I don't even know. I don't think we'll ever get the chance to see it. Honestly. Yeah. Ben Simmons, he, Ben Simmons has only played 80 games in 2017 and 2018. Since then it's been 57, 58 games. And then obviously he took the whole last year off. So yeah, He's only at 26 years old. You'd you'd hope there's still a lot of potential still still there. Um, Trending. We we got this team trending down, uh, especially from last year. I mean, it's crazy because last year, this was still a really good roster uh, storyline to follow. Now that the big three sticking around, how long can they hold together? I mean, I think at this point, they're going to hold it together at least until the end of the season. And then from there, We'll see. We'll yeah. see what, what drama unfolds. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline too. We'll see where they're at. Um, yeah. Dude, th- so like, yeah. Talk, going back to um, Chet Holmgren. Okay. If you're if you're the Jazz or the Spurs, and you're probably gonna get the whoever gets the number one pick, 
how afraid are you to draft Webb and Yama when you know he could just end up like Ben Simmons or like Chet Holmgren? Like at this point, like it seems like like you said, every big guy gets hurt. Like, do you take Scoot Henderson instead at number one? Because you don't want your and Zion even. We'll talk about Zion Williamson. Oh no, you you gotta take the best player. You got to. Oh, when are man. you gonna get a chance to do that again? Or uh-huh. or you just look like you took the player that, you know, never actually played an NBA game. Maybe, but you also I think it's worse to be to be the guy that drafted Marvin Bagley over Luca. Or uh yeah. Yeah, see, at that point you, go. you gotta That's take big it. big man thing though. They took the yeah. big man over Luca. Well, well, I think they took they took the safer college, you know, college dude, high school top five high school yeah. ranking over the over the non traditional guy who came through different paths. Like, no, you you got to take you the French go kid. Okay, you got it. I don't know if <laughs> if somebody's killing it in the second best league in the world, you got to yeah. take that guy. Like, I don't care what all American college stuff and high school stuff the dude's done. You take the Euro guy and 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 something and I think it's gonna work out for you. And if it doesn't, then guess what? Just tank again and you'll be able to draft another really good mm-hmm. all American college kid. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. It's hard. Obviously it's all hindsight, right? But mm-hmm. it's like I don't know. Do you think New Orleans wishes they drafted John Morant? Mm, no. Hmm. Not yet. Not yet. At least not yet. Okay. I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. I think when Zion is on, like Zion was like I mean, John Moran had a career year last year. And look how many years of basketball. I mean, it took him three yeah. NBA years, mm-hmm. three NBA seasons to get to that point. Right. Zion had a better year the year he did play. Yeah. What, not yeah, like two played, years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's still worth mm. it's still worth the swing that you took on Zion. Okay. Okay. I, I wouldn't regret it. Yeah. Yeah. 27 points a game in 2020. <laughs> oh, the no. 2020 yeah, he season. Was a beast, man. It's just like, <laughs> God, like he's only a beast if he can get on the floor. Yeah. But if you can get him, I mean, I think, I think yeah. at 21 years old, like there's still a lot of time here. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just, I, I had to ask. I had to ask. <laughs> Good question, though. Um, 76ers. So let's jump into the 76ers. They added PJ Tucker made that trade for DeAnthony Melton and signed Montrez Harrell. DeAnthony Melton is actually like a good That's move a here for this yeah. team. Another guy I like undervalued. that move. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy like we thought once um, that backcourt cleared up who like who was going to be like John Morant's running mate. Like it could have been Desmond Bain. It could have been Tyus Jones. It could have been DeAnthony Melton. It ended up being Desmond Bain, obviously. Um, but then we thought, I thought, oh, Anthony Mellon will just get like the, all the backup minutes, but no, they'd still play Tyus Jones, like 20 minutes a game. And that mm-hmm. left Anthony Melton with scraps. And I feel like, yeah. man, this guy has so much potential. He averaged 1.4 steals a game in 22 minutes per game, <laughs> which is like, man, imagine if he had a full NBA slate, he'd lead the league in steals. So if he, if he had starter minutes, like, you know, 30 plus, he'd, he'd get over two steals a game. Um, I, I love his offensive game. I think he's a scrappy little player. And yeah, the Sixers got to come up, man. 
Yeah, I think we haven't seen the best of the Anthony Melton either, and you know, he's oh, he's still tied to a real a solid contract as well. So the 76ers have him for eight million Not until twenty twenty four. That's all. a hell of a deal. That's way better than anything <laughs> you could get in free agency. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and, and since they're a pretty shallow team, you know, very top heavy. He's going to play a big role. He's going to get much more than 22 minutes a game. And yeah, he's going to kill it, man. Like, this is a great move. Yeah. In terms of draft picks, they drafted David Rohde, traded him to Memphis as part of that deal to get DeAnthony Melton, re-signed James Harden to a two-year team-friendly deal. I mean, team-friendly, you could say that, but James Harden also himself (laughs) didn't have the greatest year. So it almost feels like it's the fair deal. If if you remove the hype behind the name, not for what players get these days. Like he did sacrifice for them so they could get PJ Tucker. Um, Mm -hmm. and then actually make that free agent signing, which that's another, that's going to be another huge one for them. Like PJ Tucker has done nothing but be on winning teams for like the latter part of his whole career. So there you go. That's your dog. They got their dog, man. Yeah, not bad for a guy who was cut after his rookie season in the NBA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, James Harden signing for a uh, uh, pretty, pretty, yeah, I guess, $33 million this year and $35 million uh, next year as part of his yeah. two-year I'll team take me deal. Some $33 million James Harden, man. That's a steal. That's a yeah, st- in, this just, M- in today's NBA, man, that's a steal. If we lived in a vacuum or like a computer generated where everything was objectively done, James Harden got the fair deal. I mean, he <laughs> yeah, he didn't have the greatest year last he year. He didn't, I'm just saying. but you're, you're not you're banking on him improving, you know, going back yeah. a little bit now that he's more comfortable in the system and he'll come in more in shape, maybe. You know, you, you bank on that. It's a great bet. It's a great bet to make. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Starting lineup: James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, PJ Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. Not not very much, not very different from last year, but nonetheless, this is still like a solid team that should be competing to go to the NBA Finals or Eastern Conference. Uh, the X Factor, I think we were just like we were mentioning, DeAnthony Melton. Both you and I, Sean, are huge fans of this guy. Um, probably on his way to becoming a sixth man. I mean, if the dude has a huge year, maybe we see him in the running for sixth man of the year. I think that's probably one of the big, probably what the 76ers are thinking as well. And yeah, why they were, they were hot. They were probably so static to, to have made this trade. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're such a shallow team. Like what were they rolling out with last year? at Backup point guard, like freaking cork and like <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Joe, you know, like they had nothing else. So he's just going to come in and instantly take all those minutes because you cannot win a championship rolling out those guys. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just such Corm- a big upgrade, like such an underrated, huge upgrade. Um, I put even trending here because, you know, none of the guys are like, you know, star players. And I feel like it's it's going to be tough to improve your position in the East, but I'm actually going to say it's slightly up because they did get a lot of solid pieces here like pj tucker's huge d anthony melton's huge montrose harrell's better than deandre jordan and that's who they were rolling with for a little bit last year um better than like charles bassey who's like the other mm-hmm. backup center there so i i think they made some solid upgrades to some key pieces that they needed so yeah i could see the sixers be being a one or two seed for sure yeah last year they lost in the semifinals to miami he in a two four 
loss. What do you think? You think this roster get puts them up against the Miami Heat? This is certain, if they were to meet again. certainly can. I mean, PJ Tucker can tell them all their secrets, right? <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, like you get Tyrese Maxey coming into his third year now, and he's going to improve too. I think this team has all the pieces that you need to win a title. You know, you got your star power between Harden and, and Embiid. You got your great role players with Maxey and Harris. You got your dog and PJ Tucker, your sixth man and DeAnthony Melton. You know, I, I think that they've they've got everything they need. And mm-hmm. it, it's just going to be a matter of execution. And will we see the return of, of Houston level James Harden? Like, does he have what does he have left in the tank? Can he get his body back? to the way that it was before where he was explosive where he's able to push pull off those vicious step back threes will we see that it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting yeah last year both the 76ers fell just out of top 10 in both offensive rating and defensive rating i think coming in this year healthier james harden full year of james harden i mean joel Embiid, i don't think is going anywhere i think i no. definitely see him again in the mvp conversation I think they can easily break into the top 10 in offensive rating and defensive rating will be something to to look at, but maybe with the addition of Melton, Tucker and Harrell, you get a bit more energy, a bit more, some more, some more bigger dudes in there um, and a younger and a younger scrappier Melton. I think maybe that can push them within the top 10 as well. Yeah. I mean, they have great defenders. They just, they don't, they're not in the starting lineup, right? <laughs> like Anthony Melton's mm-hmm. a great defender. Matisse Thibault's a great defender. Um, I, I'd say Tobias Harris is a good defender. So he's solid. I think he's solid. Yeah. Your, your backcourt's yeah. terrible defenders, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same problem they were talking about with, uh, with the Cavs, right? You know, your backcourt is terrible at defense, but your front court is solid. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of seems to be a trend. Um, but I, yeah, I think they more than make up for it with their firepower. Yeah. What's interesting here is we could see an Eastern Conference finals that has two Atlantic division teams. Oh, 100%. Which is, these are some stacked teams, man. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're all geared up. Uh huh. Yeah. So next team, Raptors. I, I I like this team because this team is very interesting. It's hard well, to tell really anything. how good they are. <laughs> it's just it's hard to tell how good they are. Like I want to. I feel like they're when I was when I was doing this, I was like, wow, this team actually seems like they could be really good. <laughs> um, but it's hard to really say that. Like it's obvious yeah. the 76ers are good. It's obvious Celtics are good. Nets kind of they still have Durant so that means something but the Raptors it's just like they're not a contender but I mean could they surprise some people and make it to the second round and actually make some noise maybe I don't know maybe very outside chance at this point though with like the Hawks getting way better with the Cavs getting way better the Raptors didn't do anything to improve their position. I mean, look, the additions they had, Otto Porter Jr., Juancho Hernan Gomez. I, maybe they just signed him because they saw that uh, movie on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Josh Jackson. Yeah. Ugh, uh, this is not moving the needle at all. <laughs> yeah, so the Raptors' biggest hole is just the lack of a true center or like a strong rebounder. They're definitely a smaller team. They just have their their plethora of forwards. They drafted number 33 center Christian 
Coloco. Yeah. Coloco. Resign Chris Boucher. Oh, it's an interesting resigning. That is interesting. Why? <laughs> right? You know, like, we feel like they didn't like him because yeah. they were playing freaking Kem Birch over this guy. <laughs> Why would you resign him if you're playing Kem Birch over him? You clearly didn't like him that much. Yeah, you would like to see them spend some of that money maybe looking for an actual big man to take off the bench. Maybe they felt their draft pick is good enough for that. Maybe. But projected project starting lineup is Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Siakam. This is what I'm projecting to be. I guess it could change uh, considering that you don't have a true big man uh, in I here. I think but that's right, though. Yeah, I think you got it. Pro- I think, yeah, maybe this is what the, they're going to roll with, which is basically small ball for an entire 82 game <laughs> season. Um, it, it's it's cool because it's like when I look at this team, it, like I said, it looks like it should be a lot better, but it's not. So Fred Van Fleet continues to improve. He had a 20 point, 20 points per game last season, last year. Gary Trent Jr. had an upward trajectory and got himself to 18 points a game. OJ Anobi, 18 Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year, and Siakam had sort of a resurgence year. But the big thing is, like, a lot of these guys weren't able to do it at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of injuries to Fred Van Fleet. Gary Gary Trent Jr. was there most of the year. OG and Anobi uh, only played 48 games. Uh, Siakam missed a good one-third of the year to start. Um, so, again, it's it's like each one of these pieces looks nice, but it's hard to, to see, like, what they can do if they're all together mm-hmm. um to me the x factor is og Ananobi, 25 years old if he could have put himself a good healthy season i think he could be a really solid player for for this roster and really help them take the next step why because he's got a good size six seven four he's quick he's athletic he's a 39 three-point shooter 17 points he's just really that ideal mini Kawhi leonard mm-hmm three and D guy that, that, that that's just that everybody wants on their yeah. roster. Yeah. I think that's a great choice for the X factor. I mean, me and you have wanted OG to really step up since Kawhi left and yeah. we really haven't seen it yet. You know, just, he's made steady improvements, but never took that leap like Siakam did. So uh, yeah, between him, I think it, Scotty Barnes is another one you have to talk about. I mean, this is a guy that mm-hmm. you weren't willing to trade Kevin Durant for, for, yeah. for Kevin Durant because you wanted to keep Barnes because they believe that he. I mean, if you're if you're tr- not talking about not wanting to trade Scotty Barnes, you're talking about thinking he's going to be a top ten player in the league, right? And mm-hmm. he showed great flashes last year. I mean, the dude balled. Like this rookie class was incredible and. Scotty Barnes yeah. at four was a, a questionable move. No one was really quite sure how he'd pan out, but he looks NBA ready. And so if he can make a huge sophomore leap, then the Raptors can put themselves back in contention in the playoffs. But if he doesn't, if he remains, you know, just that like glue guy, do it all guy, like if someone gets injured, he'll step up guy. Like, I don't think it's going to be enough. Like he's going to have to become a star. He's going to have to become the best player on this team. Yeah, and this is what's sort of interesting about this team, I think, is that they have good pieces, but do are they where they want to be as a franchise? Like, mm. are they a potential blow-it-up candidate? I don't think Not so. Not this year? No. Or maybe next offseason? No you think they, they keep the You think they keep this core? Oh, 100%, because, I mean, you, you've already committed 
what you have another three years on Fred Van Fleet's contract. You got you still have Barnes on his rookie deal. Siakam's still got multiple years. I think they're pretty committed. I, I think that they're yeah. gonna give them all ch- they're all pretty young too, still. You know, like OG's 25, Scotty Barnes is in his early 20s, Gary Trent Jr. is only like 24 years old. So mm-hmm. I, I think that they're believe that over the next few years they'll put themselves in contention. Um so I I think they're gonna give him a chance. Cause if you weren't willing to get yeah. Kevin Durant, then you're you're gonna hold your chips. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I just I was just thinking just because maybe you, you got your piece in Scotty Barnes and you may have something here with OG. So maybe you trade everybody else and mm. just lose a few seasons and see if you can build round this out a little bit better. Uh, I mean, this is assuming they they've grown tired of Siakam and they've grown tired of Red Fan Fleet and some of these other pieces that they have, or they they just see no way to improve this roster because I think they are sort of at a point where this is the core that yeah. they have, and they it may be difficult to add any more pieces to it. Right, definitely from the draft and free agency will be a huge question mark. Yeah, given their cap well, space, yeah, they just won't have a lot of it because they have a lot of big contracts. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you're gonna have to pay Scotty Barnes in a, in a couple of years too, so. Yeah, it's going to rely on Scotty Barnes becoming a household name. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Trending. Eh, I got them even. I'd say slightly down, honestly. Like, slightly they did down. nothing while like the rest of the division did something. Just so weaker just as a result of the rest of the group getting better. Yeah, you have to do something, you know, to improve. They didn't do anything to improve, so I think by default they will their record will suffer a little bit. I will say this, they finished last year 52 and 30, and they had a ton of injuries to, to some of their key guys. They did, so, but like bearing health, I think I think this team could still finish around the same. They could. I don't know. You I just you look at the rest of the East, you know, like the Cavs got Mitchell, the Hawks got Murray. Like, you gotta mm-hmm. think that those teams are better than the Raptors now. Yeah. Like, so for, in my mind, by doing nothing, they kind of are down. Whereas the rest of the like the Sixers, they hold pat because they made some good moves. Same with the Celtics. The Nets, we already said they're down too. So I guess if we're, if we're comparing it in the within the division, I feel like it's it would be trending down for them. Like I, I wouldn't go into the season pretty like very happy with myself if I'm the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh s- s- yeah, I guess storyline to follow here is can this team get themselves back into the playoffs even with their lack of a true center <laughs> or do they blow it up eventually and just rebuild with Barnes you just love you, you just want teams to blow it up don't you like you you, <laughs> you wanted the Celtics to do it last year you know you wanted the Raptors to do it now you just you just want to see the full rebuild huh yeah I don't know I think I just lose hope on some of these guys too <laughs> fast uh um I don't know. The Celtics, I, I, it's probably some bias reasons. I just don't yeah. want to see the Celtics do well. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Final team, the New York Knicks. Uh, this is such a funny franchise to always <laughs> talk about. Additions, Jalen Brunson, Isaiah Hernenstein, Jericho Sims, and Taj Gibson finally leaves Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> Man, the last of, yeah, of those like four power forwards they signed that one year. Like him, Julius <laughs> oh. Randle, um, and they draft Obi Toppin. Like <laughs> And they they also signed Narlins in the well, oh, yeah, I think that same right. offseason. Yeah, right. It's like good job. You got four big men. Now like find the minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. They re-signed Mitchell Robinson, so the big man is back in the middle. And their projected starting lineup is Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. The big change come being Jalen Brunson swapping in for Derek Rose and Kemba Walker. So there's a plus there. You got a better point guard for sure. For sure. But it is quite overpaid, and it's not a point <laughs> guard that gets you over the hump. You know, like mm-hmm. the Knicks still aren't a playoff team because of all the better moves all these other East teams have made. Like if you just list it off, it's like Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Nets, Raptors, Cavs, Hawks. Like that's already eight teams. Mm-hmm. The Knicks aren't even close to any of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not definitely saying that the the Knicks have a chance. They're 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 like they're bad team. They're gonna and have to bring back that magic from from two years ago, like when it's just like unbelievable, and that required Julius Randle to be an All NBA <laughs> player. It's like I don't know what the heck happened to him. And uh, here's the X factor for me for this team: Cam Reddish. Right, mm-hmm. this is a guy they traded a first round pick for, for God knows why last year. <laughs> It's like, what what the hell are they doing getting Cam Reddish? Like, this guy isn't even going to get eight minutes for them. And it turns out he didn't. He got 14 minutes per game after that trade. But the dude has way more potential than anybody on this team. He he can improve so much more. Maybe you could argue R.J. Barrett, sure. R.J. Barrett maybe has the chance to become a superstar still. I, I don't buy it. But I think Cam Reddish has shown flashes that he can be that dude. And going back to the draft, like he just had so much promise and he just always got overshadowed by Barrett, by Zion at Duke. And you look at the starting lineup, it's like, why the hell is Evan Fournier still there? You know, like mm-hmm. this guy's terrible. I know you committed a lot of money to him, but that doesn't mean you have to totally ruin your team by continuing to play him. Just take the L and say, OK, yeah. Fournier, you're coming off the bench. You're not very good. We're going to put in Cam Reddish because this guy, he's bigger than Evan Fournier. So you can move RJ Barrett back to his normal position, which is the two. And now you have way more firepower in your offense. And I, I think it just it makes a natural fit. If they could somehow get it to be Brunson, Barrett, Randall, Robinson, and Reddish as the starting lineup, that improves their team quite a bit. Yeah, I like that. Um, it's This is just such a big problem to have as New York Knicks in that you have a Randall Randall money committed. You bring back Mitchell Robinson. You have Evan Fournier money committed. And now you've committed to Jalen, Jalen Brunson. It's almost like you keep digging yourself into a hole and you're just going to get stuck in mediocrity again. <laughs> and it's going to take you a few years to work your way out of that. Yep. Um, and there's really no options here, I guess, to really get out of it. Like, Nobody wants nobody wants to trade for Randall. No. Um I don't think anybody many people want to trade for Fournier. Heck no. Um so what ex- what exactly are you going to do other than just bench a dude who you're paying all this money to mm-hmm. in order to play Cam Reddish? And I mean Cam Reddish's clock is running too. I mean he's what his third year third in this year, league yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be I mean maybe he can follow the path of like um Malik Monk or not Malik. Yeah. Malik Monk who had a good one good year with the Lakers and now got himself a payday. <laughs> yeah. Um, a small maybe payday, he follows that yeah. type of path. Yeah. 
Um, he follows a path like that, I guess. Yeah, it's actually his fourth year. This will be his fourth year in the league, but he has been injured a lot too, um, which mm-hmm. hasn't helped his case. But yeah, he's just such an intriguing guy, and I feel like if he had the chance to get starter minutes, he would he would be a lot more productive than I think people might give him credit for. Yeah. So what do you think the over and under is on Julius Randle averaging over 20 points next year? Over 20 points? I'll give him the over. I'll give him the over. over. Yeah, I will. I still believe Julius Randle has it in him to get back some of that magic he had. Yeah, it's it's just crazy how a guy can take such a huge step back. It really just it's all 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 across his game, right. really. Just shooting percentages down, mm-hmm. total rebounds are down, points per game. Uh or maybe it's just like this team starts really building more off of behind Brunson and RJ Barrett next year. Yeah. RJ Barrett averaging 20 points last 20 points a game last year, 40% shooting, 35% from 3. I mean, it's not incredible numbers, but solid. it's solid. But yeah, it's not. You didn't draft him number three to be a solid player. You draft him to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. Then for, yeah, for Julius Randle, man, it's just so weird. It's like you feel like like once you're once you perform at that level, like you understand how to be the you know that dude in the NBA. Like a guy has just got it all figured out and can like night in night out just perform it that way for a while in his career until you know the athleticism wears off or whatever. But for Randall, just instantly regress to the player that he was before for like the Pelicans. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, well, how did he all of a sudden be like super good? And now he's just like back to being decent. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. The storyline to follow, though, is can Jalen Brunson live up to the bag? And of course, can Julius Randall uh, get back to all NBA status? Who knows? But they desperately needed their war. They were one of the worst offensive <laughs> teams in the league last year. They're dead last in Oof. field goals made towards the bottom in field goal attempts. Uh, definitely in the bottom half in terms of field goal percentage. So all around, they they did add it. Uh, Jalen Brunson is a you know different opinions about him, but it, you can't deny he is a sparky scorer. Like he's definitely come off the bag and come off the bench. Uh, or get the basketball and score the ball. So that'll fix some woes for the New York Knicks. But overall, um, we're just going to get, the, I think, a lot of the same New York Knicks basketball from last year. So yeah. I got them trending trending slightly down, I think, for the same reasons that we said before. The rest of the East is getting better. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll be in play-in territory for sure. Yeah, you know, I think they can still get like 10 they could get that 10th seed probably and like try mm-hmm. to like luck their way into the playoffs. But yeah, I don't have much faith in them. Honestly, I do. Yeah. If Cam Reddish starts showing, uh, I'll like watching this team, but otherwise I don't think I'll be tuning in very much. I'll be interested to see what Jalen Brunson does, but like as far as like, you know, being a league pass team, I don't really see it. I don't think I'm going to watch very much of them. Yeah. I watched a lot of New York Nick basketball two years ago and I'm sad that I haven't been able to go back and watch it because I mean, they are the biggest, one of the biggest brands in them in the NBA. Yep. Yeah, you gotta bust out your Julius Randle jersey again. Give him some life. <laughs> oh, I did rarely wore that, <laughs> unfortunately, last year. That's I why. Was definitely That's why cool. Randle took a step back. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> final thoughts here to close this podcast off is LeBron James has officially been in the NBA for more of his life than not. Six thousand. <laughs> 889 days today as a professional NBA player. 
versus 6,878 days as a non-NBA player. Crazy. It's just wild stuff, man. <laughs> That's like actually insane. Like how many people, athletes, professional athletes can actually say that they've spent most of their life doing that sport versus just being a normal human being. Yeah, and the fact that he's not just like hanging on by a thread. Um, <laughs> yep, still a top 10 player, I think. Yeah, exactly. So shout out to LeBron. Uh, we'll do some more previews and at some point we'll get to the Pacific Division and, and preview Le LeBron mm -hmm. and the Lakers who, oh, I'm not really looking forward <laughs> to. Uh, but quick thing, average NBA career length is roughly four and a half years. LeBron, what is he about to get to? Number 20. Number 20. So <laughs> that's my guy. That's the king. So wild, man. Unbelievable. Yep. Well, the continue. Oh, let's, well, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll continue breaking down the NBA, pre, NBA division previews here on the Second Stringers NBA podcast. Sean, who do you think we should go? We should break down uh, um, let's, next next episode. Let's go with the we'll go with the Northwest. We got Jazz, Nuggets, Wolves, Trailblazers, and Thunder. How's that sound to you? I like it. It's been a, there's definitely been some flip flopping in terms of uh, expectations for mm -hmm. some of these teams. Oh yeah, I like it. We might reverse <laughs> these standings quite a bit. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Yep. Have a good week, everybody.